0: Hello and welcome into another episode of Locked On Wolves. Today on the show, I want to put a bow on the OKC game, the officiating controversy that continues to persist. The last two minute report, the whole thing. I, I just want to I want to talk about it. we we'll gonna be done with it. We're going to start the show with that. Then I want to get into some trade deadline stuff and then also peek ahead to Wolves, Mavs and the upcoming schedule. It's all upcoming. Welcome in. You are locked on Wolves. You are locked on Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy Hump Day and happy Timberwolves game day. The Wolves are back home to take on the Dallas Mavericks after a four-game road trip. That ended with some fireworks in OKC. I want to start the show with that. I want to give my Ant Shack comparison. It's one of the things we'll cover here in the first segment. I do want to get to some trade deadline stuff. We're only a couple weeks out, uh, just within a couple of weeks of the deadline. And uh, I want to talk about the Wolves-Mavs matchup on Wednesday night, although there are a ton of Mavericks players out, so it won't look exactly the same way as the last time that we saw uh, the the Dallas Mavericks, and then also the upcoming schedule. Sorry, I said the deadline was just under two weeks. It's actually just over one week. I had in my head it was the Tuesday. Anyway, February the 8th. So a week from tomorrow is the NBA trade deadline. All right. First of all, though, a big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, Lockdown Wolves is free and available everywhere, including YouTube as well as all of your favorite audio platforms Wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you can find Locked Lockdown Wolves. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. And you can follow on X at Lockdown T-Wolves and also at B-Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right, so the Timberwolves beat the Thunder on Monday night in OKC, splitting the season series. They're now alone on top of the Western Conference, a full game ahead of OKC and a half game ahead of Denver. And, uh... You know, the post-game pod I did Tuesday, so if you missed that, go back and, and listen to it, watch it wherever you get your shows, your podcasts. Um, I didn't spend a whole lot of time on officiating on that pod other than one thing, and I, I want to kind of reiterate that here off the top. I want to make, I'll call it two and a half points here related to this. Um, and, and I'll do my quick uh, my quick precursor. If you're a long-time listener, I do this. Anytime I talk about the officials, because I, I want to be clear, to new listeners, this is not a common occurrence. Like I can count usually on one hand, the number of even post-game podcasts where I'll talk, I'll spend more than like a glancing thought on the officiating because it's not, I don't want to be part of the problem, right? I don't want to just constantly complain about the officials. It's a hard job. I get it. Um, And I, you know, I don't want to be that guy. I just don't, it's just not fun. Like that's, everybody can whine all the time about everything related to officiating in every sport. It's just, I don't want to be part of that you know, that discourse, I guess, if you will. Now, sometimes it is part of the actual story of the game and needs to be addressed. And I think in part because of Anthony Edwards' post-game comments that he made, both, uh, you know, to a teammate that were caught on camera about about the the refs uh, that involved the word cheating, and then also his on-camera interview that he gave with Leah B. Olson on Valley Sports North and what he said after the game in a, another interview and the press conference. Uh, it's now a thing. We got to talk about it. And, and clearly, you know, the last time the Wolves played OKC, Ann said something about not being able to, to touch or breathe on or something SGA. I want to repeat what I said on the postgame pod on Tuesday. I'll start there. This is the only thing I said about the officiated on the show, really. Um... Anthony Edwards and Shea Gilgis-Alexander each shot 15 two-point shots in Monday's game. They each attempted 15 two-pointers. They both shot 11 two-pointers in the paint, and they both shot four non-paint twos. Identical two-point shot profiles in terms of you know, paint versus non-paint twos. SGA attempted 16 free throws, 1-6. Anthony Edwards attempted four free throws. Do the math for you there. That's four times as many free throws that Shea Gilgis-Alexander attempted on the same number of paint shot attempts. And uh, and obviously the, the shot attempts where he was fouled weren't logged as shot attempts, right? Unless he made them. And I don't know that he had any end ones in this game. Um, so yeah, by the box score, they attempted the same number of paint twos and non-paint twos. And yet Shea had 16 free throws. Ants had four free throws. To me, this is a little bit of Shaq syndrome. What was the deal with Shaq? Shaq got hammered all the time. Yeah, hack a Shaq, right? But he should have drawn, he should have shot a lot more free throws because he was so big that guys would legitimately bounce off of him and officials would undercall fouls against him. Because I don't know if it was consciously like, ah, he's playing through it, it's hardly affecting him, so we're not going to call the foul, or if it's subconscious because you don't even realize he's being fouled because his he's not affected. Look at the dunk that Ant had in the final two minutes with one fifty-seven on the clock that put the Wolves up two possessions. The poster two-handed hammer from the dotted line, just a, a monster dunk at a huge point in the game. And just Alexander not only hits his arm but actually grabs it. Like if you look at the the zoomed in replay or the, or the stills, it's not just like a glancing blow to his arm, his fingers are wrapped around his wrist, his forearm, and yet the NBA last two minutes calls it marginal contact. The, the last two minutes blows my mind. I guess get to that in a second. That's actually separate because it's just dumb. On the court, you got to call that a foul, but is there something to officials because Ant is so strong, guys are just glancing off of him. Like SGA grabbed his arm and Ant still threw down this, this just monster dunk. As if nobody touched him. It's a little bit of Shaq syndrome. I truly believe that. That's what we're starting to see. Of course I'm not insinuating Ant's as good as Shaq. Like I'm not saying that. Like here hear what I'm saying. Because he's so physically imposing, big, powerful, explosive, athletic, all of those things. Now, some of the time it is other it's bigs that are fouling him and he's not getting the contact. But I I do think whether it's intentional because he's scoring, so who cares? You know, it's like the whole the other thing that I one of the other pet peeves I have about officiating is when the foul isn't called until the shot's missed, right? Like they wait until the layup doesn't go in and then they call the foul. Like, ah, he would have made it if he hadn't been fouled. Like, is that happening all the time with Ant? Like if he's making these shots, we just won't call the foul, right? I, I don't know what it is. It's got to be some combination of those things. And then the other thing that obviously irks Ant and Chris Finch and the Tim and Tim Rules fans is the touch fouls on SJ. And I don't need to say too much more about that. I made the joke on on X after the last two minute report came out that it's a good thing the NBA is not accountable to the first forty six minutes of the game. Because if they're going to call that a correct non-call with quote marginal contact on Ant Stunk attempt with 157 on the clock, how many in like how many of those fouls that SGA drew were that same amount of contact and in most cases less? If you go back and watch that back, would they be incorrect calls would there be ic's on the report like hey, you shouldn't have gotten free throws there because we're going to apply that same standard to the ant play to the rest of the game or as the ant play had to the rest of the game or are they the correct calls and then we just further see that the nba has just decided to not call files for ant but is for sj right like which one is it now, of course the nba would never do that it'd be a ton of work to 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 now well i shouldn't say that they do do that right like they do grade the the officials the 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 entire the game in its entirety, right? They're just not going to release the whole thing because it opens them up to a whole other level of scrutiny. It was surprising in the first place they ever did the last two-minute thing. But the I mean, my point should be clear. How many of SGA's 16 free throws came on the same or less contact as Ant's quote unquote marginal contact incorrect no-call in the last two minute? That's what kills the Timberwolves. Like, why is this the case? The last two-minute is a sideshow. It's completely unserious and I think really always has been I don't think it's really been enlightening like they put stuff on there like why are you putting this on there um I think it's I like I don't know I think somebody's just like sitting I I don't know it it's it's absurd and um uh, for anybody that has any ounce of understanding of basketball like letter of the law like whatever you want to call it I mean that was a foul <laughs> uh I I don't understand how grabbing the arm of somebody attempting a shot is a is marginal contact in a correct no call. It's just not. It's not even. I can't even believe I spent this much time on it. It's so unserious. Like it, it makes no sense at all. Uh, but all that to say, the point here is Anthony Shea had the same shot profile effectively on Monday night. Shea shot four times as many free throws, sixteen to four. I think it's partly Shaq syndrome, and then it's the touch files on SGA. That 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 Ant doesn't get throughout the game that get called here. And to be clear, like, hey, I mean, Ant's been get to the line a lot lately. Like the last month, six weeks. His free throw rate's gone way up, which is great. In this game, though, juxtaposed with SGA getting what SGA got, it is where it's just glaringly obvious that there's something off here. I'm not suggesting anything nefarious or intentional necessarily. I'm not, I'm not gonna go that far here. Uh but the way that I – mean we can't deny that players are officiated differently. And it encourages embellishment. It encourages like, hey, I just got to show the officials that I'm being fouled instead of finishing through contact, which you're taught to do from day one as a basketball player. And the Timberwolves, Ant's big and powerful, and he finishes through contact, like Shaquille O'Neal, right? I mean, that's always a key to the game is, you know, how often do you see Jim Peterson say, finish through contact? You know, you teach kids, like, just just don't worry about the foul. Just finish. Just get, just get your bucket, you know. Score, get the shot off, get the ball up on the rim, whatever. But now with Ant, he's being punished because he's not embellishing. That and that's where we're at now. It's just where we're at. All right, I want to talk some trade deadline stuff. Uh, there's a little bit of eh, a little bit of ESPN Brian Windhorst reporting out there. Uh, I want to give my opinion on you know which is actually the same as it was a few weeks ago. But what I think the Wolves do slash don't do. And uh, then I want to finish with a bit of the Dallas matchup conversation then also the upcoming schedule. We'll do all that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends at eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Lockdown Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay's guaranteed fit. Fantasy picks of the week. Got an old friend for you, Jared Vanderbilt. The Lakers lineups have seemed to work a lot better of late with Vando in them, yet Darvin Ham has been stubborn in deploying them. Still, his fantasy value is on the rise, and he fits in a few different fantasy builds. Obviously, this is league dependent. Uh, if you have some traditional scoring, like Vando is not going to score a ton, but he's going to get you some steals, he's going to get you the occasional block, a bunch of rebounds. Uh, shooting percentage won't be. Oh, it'll be okay, but he'll turn it over a little bit if you get penalized for that. So depending on your format, Jared Vanderbilt could be a really savvy pickup. Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. It's the same with your vehicle. Uh, my vehicle that I had first was a 95 Mercury Tracer. I loved it. I didn't take great care of it, admittedly. Uh, Minnesota winters weren't great for it. I probably should have gotten it washed more often, but I also could have done a much better job with upkeep. And if eBay Motors had existed back then and I'd known how to use it, knew what I was doing, I would have definitely um, used eBay Motors to keep my Mercury Tracer running a bit longer. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly with eBay Motors. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown Plus, our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports twenty four seven streaming channel. All right, um, shifting gears here. Let's talk trade deadlines. So the deadline is a week from Thursday, February eighth, and it's been a little while since we've covered this on the show. We talked about it in the Minnesota basketball party a couple of times now on Wednesdays, which, by the way, that'll be in your feed later today. Um, I I was unable to be at the recording of the show. So actually, I think Sam's going to share a couple of the opinions I just had on the officiating. Um, but if you you know, check out that show, everybody else I think will be on the show. They'll talk a bit, trade deadline, I believe, again as well. But my take on this is I've never really thought it's likely the Wolves do anything. It's certainly possible. They're certainly going to try. But the only major expiring you have to move is Kyle Anderson. And even though his role has diminished a little from last year, uh, you know he's still a major part of the rotation, and Chris Finch loves having Kyle He Just loves slow-mo. and it's understandable, right? However, you still need some shooting, and so surely that's what the Wolves would like to acquire. Shake Milton is expendable at this point. I mean, like expendable, you could say expendable, you could say unplayable. Like he's been pretty unplayable this year for the Wolves, and for that reason, I don't think anybody wants him, right? Like he's a five million expiring with a non guaranteed deal for next year, another five million, but. You know, whoever acquires them would surely waive that. So or or um, I guess not pick up the option or um I forget what the right term is here, but let him go. So I but I don't know who's interested, right? Troy Brown, same deal, but it's only four million. I think Troy Brown is useful for the Wolves. And I don't know Um like he played well. I talked about him on Tuesday's show. I, I thought he played really well against OKC in those six first half minutes he got. And I think he's still a good enough shooter that he makes sense as a depth piece for this team as a ninth man or whatever. Shake if you can trade him, you absolutely do it. Um, I think you only trade Troy Brown if you can't trade Shake and you need a roster spot. But they still have an open roster spot. That's important to remember too. The Wolves are one of like I think three teams. Um, uh, there's like maybe six or seven teams that have open roster spots, but there's only like three that have any cap space at all, and the Wolves are one of them. They could actually sign somebody to a minimum deal right now or slightly more than a minimum. And absorb that salary, they, they have the space, they have the roster spot. So they shouldn't need to just trade somebody to free up a spot unless they want multiple guys in the buyout market, which seems unnecessary, but you know there could be some guys out there. It's unlikely Gordon Hayward's bought out. Um, uh, there was a rumor that the Wolves would be interested in a potential trade for Doug McDermott. I don't know who you're trading the Spurs. I think that was Darren Wolfson on KSDP that mentioned that the Wolves like McDermott. I think he also mentioned Gordon Hayward, but I saw him somewhere else too. Um, like, I don't know that you're going to add multiple buyout guys. If you need to, you could probably trade Troy Brown and get a second round pick. I I would, I would guess. I mean, he's a valuable, valuable is maybe not the right word. He's a useful three and D type player. Troy Brown is. And, and I don't want the wolves to trade him. If they could trade shake, do it, but nobody's going to take him. So that's kind of the problem. And Brian Windhorst, by the way, of, of ESPN reported this, uh, he had an article that came out, uh, the other day. Most likely a player to be traded for every team. For the Wolves, he actually picked two because it's windy, so why not? He picked Shake Milton and Troy Brown Jr. The Wolves could use an extra guard, he says, but they have no tradable first-round picks and are facing a salary squeeze this summer. Milton and Brown free agent signings last summer don't have much of a market, and the Wolves are likely to stand pat. Minnesota may be more involved in the buyout market with an open roster spot and about $2 million in room below below tax. Actually, I read that second part. That's what I just said, basically. So I, I agree, actually, and I've been saying this now for a couple of weeks, they don't have assets to trade. They're not trading any of the bigger name guys. They're unlikely to trade Kyle Anderson um, unless it's like part of a much bigger move, which I just don't see happening. Uh, like they're not trading anybody else in the rotation. McLaughlin's worth more to them than to anybody else, even if you're going to try and bring some in somebody to play ahead of him. You could trade Wendell Moore Jr. You could trade Josh Minot. Uh Jack Borman said, of course, editor-in-chief of Supas said this on uh, basketball party on a, on a Wednesday show a couple weeks ago, that he thought the Wolves could trade Minot or um, or Wendell Moore, and actually thought it was likely that they would. I, I tend to disagree. Um, Jack's a little bit plugged in; like he may he may have a bit more insight into that. I, I would be surprised if they did. Um, I I think they still have now. Wendell Moore is a year further. Um, well, I guess they were the same class, Minot and Moore. Um, but my net is like half the salary of Wendell Moore, and I actually think he's got a better shot at cracking the rotation next year um, for the Wolves at $2 million than Wendell Moore does at over $2.5 million. So if they could trade Wendell Moore and get a second-round pick, they'd probably do that too. I just don't know that anyone's going to do that for another two years of guaranteed money, right? So all that to say, your options are, if you can get someone to take shake, if you want to trade Troy Brown, but you're not getting anything more than a second for either of those guys, if that, if you want to trade Minot or more and can get a second back, that's an option too. I guess if you can get a veteran and package a couple of those salaries, bring in a veteran and then with another open roster spot, bring in a buyout guy, that's possible, right? Uh, the McDermott thing, I mean, like, I'm going to pull up what his salary is here real quick. And I, to be clear, like, McDermott would kind of fit with what the Wolves are trying to do, but he's thirteen point $13.7 million. So I don't know how you're getting there without trading Kyle Anderson. Like, why would they do that? It doesn't make sense to me. Um, I think Kyle Anderson's defense and playmaking is more important than Doug McDermott's shooting, frankly, at this point. Um, And you'd still have to throw in another salary. And, like, they're not going to take Shake Milton, Troy Brown Jr., Wendell Moore, and Josh Minot, you know, and they would still need pay. Like, that's not – I don't think that's happening. And there's other ways, multi-team deals, et cetera. It's possible. But this is just a – a longer way of saying, I'd be surprised if the Wolves did anything. I would also be surprised, though, if they did not do anything in the buyout market. Kyle Lowry's a possibility. Um, if he gets bought out, if and when he gets bought out by Charlotte, he'll have options. But, I mean, the Wolves are the number one seed in the West, and they there's a path to playing 15, 20 minutes a game, potentially. Um, like, he obviously didn't look great in Miami this year. Started to look kind of iffy last year. Back a year ago, I, he was my preferred target over Mike Conley. I thought that he was showing a bit more life early last season than Conley was. I was definitely wrong. Um, and But that said, Lowry still fits with what the Wolves are trying to do. If he would accept that clear backup role, um, kind of the Jordan McLaughlin role, but they'd likely give him a few more minutes. There's going to be some other options out there. And as we get closer, and that becomes clear. I'll, I'll spend a bit more time on the buyout market. But I still think it's, what, 80-20 that they don't make a move? but probably even higher than that, that they add somebody. They have a roster spot. They have a little tiny bit of cap space for this season. Um, I I would be surprised if they didn't add a buyout guy, but I'd be surprised also if they did make a trade before the deadline on the 8th. All right, let's close by talking Wolves-Mavs. We'll talk about the injury report, which is lengthy for Dallas. I also want to talk about the Wolves' upcoming schedule. We'll do all that here next. Today's episode of Locked Out Wolves is brought to us by our friends at LinkedIn. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that all your success depends on the team that you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team and faster. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. It has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many qualified candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours on LinkedIn. The right team member just might help you achieve whatever your business's goals are in 2024. Hiring is such a vital part of that. Again, the right team member is, um, is really important to what your next steps are in 2024. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked MBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked MBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Um, Let's talk Wolves-Mavs. So the headline here is obviously that injury report that came out on uh, Tuesday afternoon. The Mavericks are already calling Luka Doncic out with the ankle sprain, Kyrie Irving out with a thumb sprain, Derek Lively out, and they've also got Derek Jones Jr. and Dante Exum as doubtful. Now, that is, uh, I don't know, more than half of the Dallas rotation. It's their two best players. Um, The Wolves... The Wolves, uh, what? They won the first two games against Dallas. One of them was no Kyrie. The other one was, I believe, no Kyrie and no Luca. And then the, the the one game that they had both of them just a couple of weeks ago, the Wolves lost to the Mavericks. Um, now, they've lost four out of their last six games. They barely beat the Magic by a bucket the other night, and Luka had 45 points in that game. And of those guys that are going to be out, Lively played 41 minutes. Doncic played 43 um, I guess those were the only two of the guys I just listed that that played in that game, but this is uh, that's a that's a lot of guys that are, are going to be out for the Mavericks. Um, uh, Jack Borman, who I mentioned earlier from um, from Canisupus, and, and also our uh, the postcast and our Wednesday basketball party, he retweeted a, a tweet by uh, Ritt Holtzman, who covers the Knicks um, or contributes to a Knicks website, that Luca over his last five games is is averaging. 43 minutes per game and a 42% usage rate. He says for context, nobody in NBA history has been over a 42% usage rate for a season. Russ was 41.5%, uh, which is, you know, half a point less in the 16-17 season. And it's only the last week of January. That's a lot of usage for midseason basketball. And here we are, Doncic is out uh for the Wolves game at Target Center on Wednesday night. So this is clearly a game that the Timberwolves should win. The only Timberwolves rotation guy on the injury report is Mike Conley. Again, questionable with the hamstring. He's missed, what, uh, four of the last five, I believe. It was questionable before the Thunder game. Ended up missing that. The Wolves, as of right now, are 13.5-point favorites over at FanDuel. Our friends at FanDuel have the Wolves as 13.5-point favorites and the over-under at 224 for this game. There's really not a whole lot we can glean from the past matchups because this is not going to be a, uh, it's not going to be the Mavericks. It just isn't. And again, after surging and everybody kind of thinking, oh, maybe they could be a top four seed in the West. They've lost four out of six. They now, you know, that we had the Luka, the massive Luka game. They're struggling defensively mightily. They're still a top 10 offense overall this season. As a team, they shoot a ton of threes and they shoot them well. Their second and three point attempt rate and their, um, second to three point attempt rate and 12th in percentage. And they play at a fast pace. They get a lot of threes up. They like to run the floor. Their defense isn't very good, but for how poor they are, they turn you over at a decent rate um, and they don't foul a whole lot. So their games are, are quick, a lot of three pointers, a lot of guys that can drain threes. But again, you're taking Luca and his 10 threes per game, 38% out there. Kyrie and his 41% off the floor. Derek Lively's a, a big interior presence for them, him not playing. Uh, Exum's been really big in in some games here and there with guys out. This is just a really depleted Mavericks team coming to target center, and the keys for this one are just don't get sucked into whatever you might get sucked into, uh, namely turning the ball over, right? Like, if you play a clean game, keep your turnovers, I don't know, below 10 for the game, um, do what you normally do, do what you did against OKC, and you should win this game easily, uh, my biggest fear is is turnovers that's that's the biggest thing and Dallas doesn't turn the ball over so you're not going to get a lot of easy possessions from that and then also guarding the three-point line you can't let you know these backups and rotation guys are going to have extended minutes um starter level minutes don't let them get confidence early in the game hold them down as much as you can build a lead and uh you know get some more run for for some guys uh here before the trade deadline you know why not all right, peeking ahead at the upcoming schedule, uh, it is um, kind of a mixed bag for the Wolves. Of course, this Mavericks game looked tough; it's it's not now. Home against Orlando, uh, obviously a winnable game. They won in Orlando a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago. Houston at home. Houston's really in a rough patch, and obviously a winnable game at the Bulls and at the Bucks. So at the Bucks is the only one on this list that the Wolves will not be favored in almost certainly. Um, and of course, Milwaukee just lost their uh, Doc Rivers Doc Rivers coaching debut. Uh, but I mean obviously that's a that's a fun one to circle here in what just over a week from now and also no back to backs here in the next week and a half or so for Minnesota Nice to get these three home games in this five game stretch you gotta expect them to go four and one um you know worst case three and two but there's really no excuse to losing this Mavs game you can't lose to the poles you can't you know you can expect to maybe lose to the bucks um but this this should be a four and one stretch here for for the wolves for sure. All right. Uh, Minnesota Basketball Party. It's going to be the next audio uh, in your audio feed. It'll be the next episode. Uh, again, I won't be on today's show, but check it out uh, here. If, if it's not up already, it'll be up soon on Wednesday, kind of midday, the audio feed. It is up um, unless you're listening really early on Wednesday. By like mid-morning, it's going to be up. On the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel, you'll be able to watch it over there. And again, that's every Wednesday tonight after the show of we'll the live postcast. It'll be, I believe, Luke Inman and uh, our guy Tyler Metcalf from Canasaupas, and then I'll be back on Thursday with the postgame pod as well. So lots of content for you here in the next twenty four hours as the Wolves hopefully can build off of that big win in OKC. On Monday night. That's all we have for you today here on the show. A big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find Lockdown Wolves. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. And you can follow an X at Lockdown T Wolves and also at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, CK. A reminder that Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. The Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.